Facebook gets Giphy. Facebook integrates social commerce with shops while Pinterest launches shopping spotlights and Spotify quadruples down on podcasts. It's Monday, May 25th, 2020. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 408 of Brave Ad World. New consumers. New media new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 408 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and a lot to get through this week. The news was hot and heavy. Facebook's been busy. We've got uh, Spotify and podcasts. So let's just dive right into it and talk about Facebook. So Facebook has acquired Giphy for a cool $400 million. Giphy will become more deeply integrated across Facebook's family of apps, especially Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger. But that doesn't mean Giphy's going away from other platforms. Giphy is actually going to retain its own brand and platform and will still be available for use in non-Facebook-owned apps, such as Twitter, such as Slack. And that's good news and bad news for them, referring to Twitter and Slack and 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 companies like them because Giphy is integrated really deeply into their app. So getting rid of Giphy or Giphy going away, that's pretty much a non-starter. But Facebook owning Giphy also opens them up to potential risks because Facebook really gets a sneak peek into what their users are sharing and discussing on their platform. So that opens up larger questions, especially in regards to the FTC, because Whether or not regulators will approve the deal because of privacy and competitive concerns, that remains to be seen, but they will get a chance to review the deal. The acquisition is not a sharp turn from where Giphy has been. Giphy's traffic, 50% of it actually comes from Facebook in its suite of apps. So there's a lot to watch here, a lot of variables in place. Facebook's deal with the FTC gives them a chance to review things, but Giphy also makes sense going to Facebook. It may, Giphy makes its money through sponsored content integrations and online advertising. That really fits well into Facebook's monetization strategy, fits it like a glove. Facebook stands to make more money using Giphy, maybe a little bit more, not a ton more, which probably led to $400 million acquisition, not a $4 billion acquisition. But that's not the biggest reason for this integration. It's not about the advertising. Facebook and its messaging service, they need a bigger hook to keep users engaged. And GIFs are a great way to do that. Snapchat has lenses. Slack has channels. Now, Facebook has the deepest integration with the biggest GIF platform out there. And the power of GIFs in online conversation, it it really can't be overstated. They're cultural currency. They're a modern way to communicate. And GIFs They have become a language in and of their own. And for now, at least, Facebook looks like it's cornered the GIF conversation market. They have the Rosetta Stone of internet language. And assuming the FTC approves it, that's going to be pretty valuable. All right, let's jump to our next story and continue talking about Facebook because Facebook's taking a pretty significant step in brushing up its commerce chops with the launch of social storefronts that it calls shops. 
So Shops is this new option for businesses to open up digital storefronts and showcase their products on Facebook and on Instagram. This isn't the first time Facebook has tried to build shopping into its platform. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but what's different about Shops is the integration. Now shopping will be fully unified across all of Facebook's properties. Each business will have their own storefront featuring their own catalogs with a unified look and feel similar to a brand page on Amazon. There will be images, links for buying, and everything is connected to a business's central Facebook account. The feature, it's called Facebook Shops on Facebook. It's called Instagram Shop on Instagram, where it's going to live within the Discover tab prior to getting its own shopping section within the Instagram app in the future. Facebook also announced plans to add shopping to to live video in the near future. And, you know, that's what Facebook's doing. Not to be outdone, though, Pinterest, which already has a strong commerce footprint, they launched Shopping Spotlights. So Shopping Spotlights highlights expert recommendations on fashion and home from publications like Refinery29, Teen Vogue. They're really going all in on this influencer recommendation approach. The feature, it's going to join other updates that Pinterest has recently added to its shopping capability like the shop tab within search and on Pinterest boards. Pinterest has been busy. And the so we have this pandemic and that's led to several business changes on and offline. Facebook and Pinterest, they see an opportunity to expand their e-commerce capabilities and offerings. And that's good news, especially for small businesses looking for any sales channels that might be available. They're looking for them anywhere and everywhere and creating unified storefronts for businesses. That changes the game for how shopping is done on social. It's less serendipitous. It's less spur of the moment because it's less spur of the moment than seeing something in your feed. It becomes something that's much more deliberate, like like when one goes to Amazon for a specific product. E-commerce sales, they've hit new records. There's no better time to launch such an effort by Facebook, by Pinterest, and clearly they see right now as their opportunity. All right, let's jump to our last story of the week and talk about Spotify. So we already knew Spotify was all in on podcasts when it acquired Parcast, when it acquired Gimlet, then it got the ringer. Now it has the Joe Rogan experience. So starting September 1st, Joe Rogan's massively popular podcast will appear on Spotify and will be exclusively available there soon after that. Spotify won't only be getting the audio version, but it's also going to be getting the video version of the podcast, which has a massive following on YouTube. So this is a pretty big deal for Spotify, and it really, it's probably its boldest move yet in terms of the podcasting space. The move to make Joe Rogan's podcast exclusive That could lead to massive user engagement with its platform on the podcast front. And the fact that it's also bringing the video shows, the video shows another pivot for Spotify because it's dabbled with video in the past. But this move is, it's more about, it's, it's more about competing. It's about more than competing with other podcast platforms because they're integrating video so deeply that really this starts to, to open up a competitive front with YouTube as well, which could be a good move in building adoption as audio streaming, it's declined 9.2% during the lockdown. Video has gone up 13.4% according to eMarketer. So Spotify is really looking to podcasts. It's looking to video. It's looking to exclusive content to really quadruple down 
on building users and building engagement with its platform. All right, that's it for this week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that I didn't discuss earlier. So Reddit, they're launching their own cryptocurrency, but in this case, it's more of a digital token. They call them community points. Now users users will be able to earn digital coins for posting comments and engaging in the platform. Those coins can then be exchanged for badges, animated emojis, GIFs. Right now, community points are basically incentives for engagement, but those incentives could get the 430 million strong Reddit community users to Reddit's currency, making it ripe for further expansion. Google is the target of more antitrust lawsuits from the U.S. Department of Justice, along with several other state attorneys general. The lawsuits focus on Google's dominance in online advertising. They come They come about alongside a new paper, which actually outlined how Google's dominance in digital advertising is harmful. The paper argues that Google's acquisition of tech allows it to control the ad ecosystem and keep others out of the market. It's not the paper wasn't meant to unveil new information, but it was meant to outline a case of how Google could be viewed as violating antitrust laws. So a lot happening on that front. Speaking of Google, Google is getting rid of Google Preferred. It's ad offering giving advertisers the ability to run their ads on the 5% most popular videos in certain categories. Google Preferred is getting replaced with what they call YouTube Select. So this is a global package of the most popular content on both YouTube and YouTube TV for advertisers to deliver their ads alongside. The move, it's meant to expand the premium package globally and tap into the 80% increase in time spent watching content on connected TVs. It's about the phone, the computer, the tablet, and with this effort, it's now about the TV as well. Everything's integrated. Apple is working to shore up its Apple TV Plus streaming service by licensing older content to compete more directly with Netflix and expand beyond its original content library. Original content, it's going to continue to be its focus, but building a catalog, it's meant to increase engagement because while it has 10 million users, only about 5 million actively use the service. Walmart is shutting down its e-commerce site, Jet.com, shutting it down. That was announced in Walmart's earnings report. Jet was acquired by Walmart to build its e-commerce capabilities, but now it's finding Walmart.com. It's the preferred platform for customers looking to make and place orders. It saw a 74% increase in revenue from its own site. Now, Walmart definitely credits Jet for accelerating its e-commerce strategy. And lastly, Twitter is testing a way for users to limit how many people can reply to their tweets. Users who are part of the test, they can choose if they allow replies from everyone, people they follow, or only people they at mention in the original tweet. The feature doesn't limit a tweet's visibility, just whether or not someone is able to reply. If someone has limited replies on a tweet, it will be noted for followers to see. Uh, The goal of the feature is to limit abuse and harassment and instead promote what Twitter calls more thoughtful conversations. All right, that's it for episode 408 of Brave Bad World. Before I let you go, I do want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments, let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like to bravebadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think, and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at TWigert. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.